You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, I like to say better late than never, Billy Bradley. And here it is, uh, damn near a month after the championship race, or maybe a month after the championship race, uh, after a hectic 2020 uh, our schedules just have not aligned to where we could get together. And quite frankly, I'm actually a little bit happy about that, Billy, because we get a chance to reflect on the season as a whole, to kind of compare it to uh, other seasons and, and, and what we liked and what we didn't like and that sort of thing. And, and, and Billy, I, I got to tell you one thing right now. Uh, we've said this a few times. I think it's worth repeating. You and I never thought that there was a snowball's chance in hell that we would not only get the season started again, but that we would get the season finished on time and 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 get and and be the first sport to go back full time um, with a normal quote. Uh, um, um, uh, contest, even though everything about it was different. We were the first sport to go back. We finished it, Billy Bradley, and all I can say is this has been one hell of a year, brother. I would agree with you 100%, and watching what a clusterfuck the NFL has been, and <laughs> kudos to NASCAR, man. Not only did we finish, we finished a regular time that we were announced to finish under, you know, it's just a testament on Rob and the guys. You know, you just said it was a month later. The real reason we're doing this, Rob has parked his yacht somewhere in the Bahamas right now. It's a month-long yeah. vacation. He's finally got yeah. cell phone service. Yeah, I got yeah. cell service. It, it, was a, it was a long trip. You know, there's storms down there and everything. And But, you know, we're uh, sipping, sipping on uh, mojitos, and we're, we just got docked. <laughs> You know, the captain finally said, okay, you got service there, Mr. Lopes, and so we're here. <laughs> well, thank goodness for, uh, thank goodness for good, uh, good captains. It got you home safe. You got your, your yacht docked, and um, we're all happy for that, Rob. And, I, you know, Rob, this is, you know, Billy and I talk about um, all the time about, you know, how difficult it is to go through a season and all this stuff as a fan. But, I, I mean, my God, I can't imagine – I can't imagine a scenario that that the NASCAR crew people went through. Uh, specifically, though, uh, you know, Roush Fenway Racing in that six bunch. Rob, I just give us a give us a little a, a little talk about how, what 2020. I mean, you've been in the garage a long time. What does oh, this yeah. 2020 season? What did it What did it mean to you? Can you describe? Give us a little description of it, please, if you would. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a, there's a point in life where you think, man, you know, I'm not going to – you're not going to experience many too, too many more first time this, first time that. Um, yeah, and then 2020 said, yeah, hold on a second. Let's, let's try this. So, yeah. but obviously, as everybody knows, the year started off where, you know, things looked really promising for the six in Daytona. I mean, we ran decent in the clash. We ran better in the in the duels, and we were I don't know what a couple hundred yards away from being the Daytona 500 champions. Yes. And in that span of a second and that distance, we saw hey we're gonna we're putting this car in the museum to oh my god, what's just happened and please please be okay and. The weeks that followed, obviously, it was, all right, what are we doing? You know, who's going to drive our race car? What are we doing? Is he going to be okay? And then, as everybody saw, which is a testament to NASCAR, a testament to Ralph Fenway, as far as car construction and safety, um, our man walk, walked out of the hospital two, what, two days later? Just walked. Yeah. Not in a wheelchair, walked. Um, yeah. And then uh, – as I'd hate to say it this way, but I guess there was some divine intervention. COVID breaks out, and we go on a seven-week hiatus, or a, I guess an eight-week hiatus, and it gives our man time to heal up and get back in the race car. He missed three races. The West yeah. Coast, the West Coast trip is, is what he missed. From that point forward, it was getting, trying to find some normalcy, trying to get to the racetrack, 
with a whole new batch of protocols and issues and no fans and then some fans and racing midweek races and you know, no practice, no qualifying. I mean, it's something like we've never seen. And I hope that the fans appreciated the effort that was put up by the teams, by NASCAR, by everybody involved, the, uh, the tracks. I mean, we tried to put on a good show for everybody. And I'm sure that there's people that were like, man, that sucked. And I, I know that there was people that were ecstatic about it. And like Billy said, we were the first major sport to get back in. And we were the first major sport to complete a season, a full season, and we did it on schedule. Yeah, entire season. We didn't cut the season short. And no, they even put the damn – even the all-star race, which at the time I was like, you're kidding me, right? We're, we're worried about this non-points event and everything we got going on. And now looking back, it was like, well, that was fun too. So let's, you know, let's not get too upset by it. Yeah. And, you know, not only that, like, we saw the NBA go to a what they would call a bubble in Orlando. You yeah. guys didn't do no bubble. You guys were out traveling weekend, you know, there for a while. We walked, pretty much just traveled to Darlington for a couple of races. But Yeah. You got back to Charlotte, and, we, and we started branching out from, right. from basically the Charlotte area. And I will tell you this, I, to interject real quick, Billy, they thought, you know, the NHL did a bubble, the, the NBA did a bubble. Well, we traveled, you know, further and further away from home base in Charlotte, in the Charlotte region, and that's not to say that there wasn't some <laughs> – There, it, it, it was interesting going to some of these parts of the country. I mean, some places they were happy to have us, and it was – Kind of, you know, the usual protocols as far as, okay, you can get takeout, you can, you know, your hotel rooms are sanitized and there's a seal on the door. And yeah. and then there were some places that were like, all right, here's a letter from the governor and you have to have this with you. And if you get pulled over by the cops, you better be either on the way to the track or on the way to the hotel. And Crazy. It, it, yeah, uh, and but we managed and we did it. And, you know, Billy brought up the NFL, and, Rob, you and I are both um, lifelong Steeler fans, and yep. the, the Baltimore Ravens, I, I like nothing better than to beat those bastards, but I, I want to play them at, at full strength, and they want to play us at full strength, too. That's what, that's what good teams, that's what everybody wants. They had a coach, a single coach break protocol, and mm. he decimated, he literally decimated the Baltimore Ravens chances against the then undefeated and still undefeated Steelers. But one person broke protocol and and and, and just decimated the organization. And and yeah. think about all the moving people. There's, you know, 32 NFL teams. Think about the, the NASCAR teams and the people it takes just to get – okay, it's maybe not as many people as the entire NFL, but every time you guys competed – there's infinitely more people involved in, in, in that daytime contest than there is on two teams getting together to play. And I think oh, it's a yeah. testament, oh, yeah. you know, a- after we've seen what happened with the, the, the Ravens and the Titans and the 49ers and, and, and the Denver Broncos, Pete's sake, I don't think enough credit has been made in the national media, the sports media, to just the, the pat NASCAR on the back. Because I'm going to tell you something, it's, it's an absolute phenomenal um, thing to have. Jimmy Johnson missed uh, what one race? I think one he race. Missed, what one race? One race. Yep. One. Uh, race, I think D- Dylan times. Austin Dylan missed one race, right? Yep. Yes. Austin, and that was and, it. And that's all in the Cup side. A few crew guys had to get shuffled out, but by and large, uh, the NASCAR community from top to bottom, everybody involved, it just did it a, a fantastic, amazing job. And I don't know what we could do to to celebrate that, but I'm going to list it amongst one of the industry's biggest accomplishments. I mean, I put the safer barrier, you know, probably number one, uh, because that's revolutionized the sport as an industry. But, but my goodness, what we have done, what y'all did as a, as a NASCAR um, uh, body uh, 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 league, 
if you will, has, has been nothing short of amazing. And I remember us talking, you know, through the year, you're like, man, it's weird. You know, it's one day shows. We, you know, we eat dinner at home and get on the plane and we land and we're at the hotel at 10 and at 7 a.m. or you know, we're, we're at the, the shop we get or the, the track we get. I mean, just to be able to, you know, NASCAR guys from, from what I have been told are are very big on routine when the big time you know you know you go to the hendrick motorsports uh, the penske people they are process procedures you know that sort of thing and all that shit went out the window and everybody had to deal with it and i rob i just you know everything that you guys did i, I don't think that i don't have you guys had a chance to kind of debrief as a group and think about all the bullshit that went on and how you guys still uh, succeeded not, I would say, at least for our organization, we've not like sat down and said, okay, you know, what's everybody's thoughts as far as how did, you know, how did this go and what can we do to do better? Uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a talk, at least on our end, but I think that's a talk that's coming to get ready for next year because we're well, going on. Right. It's still going on and. It's our schedule as far as where and when has already been announced and the fact that it's going to be one-day shows. So, okay, how we go, what, what did we learn? What can we do better? That's coming. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment, the best way to put it would be we are decompressing. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, just taking a couple weeks to get situated, okay, Let's get our processing gear. This is what we have. This is what we can do. This is what we can do better because we were writing the playbook as we were playing for 2020. Now we yeah. have the playbook. How can we make it better? Yeah. You know, and I think that's where things are right now, at least yeah. on our end. I'm sure there's some other organizations that, have, that are handling it different ways. There always are. Um, but I think that is, in a nutshell, where things are at our place. Well, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. I um, uh, There's not a snowball's chance in hell that we're not going to deal with COVID in the 2021 season. So uh, <laughs> oh, it'll yeah, be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, it's here to stay for a while. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what changes are made and, and that sort of thing at the at-track at thing. Uh, you know, probably the biggest travesty in this entire thing is is uh, the fans uh, that, that, the, the fans not being able to attend? In my opinion, is the second yeah. the second biggest travesty. The biggest travesty is all the people who who rely on the events um, to to make their living. Um, yeah. All the concession workers, the people who sell merchandise. You know, all those people that um, unfortunately yeah, they put, were out they the took a big hit. Instance. Yeah, yeah big but uh, well, listen, we just talked about this my little area here for an example. These little businesses i've knocked down in the businesses count on these races a lot of them make their living on just these yeah. two races a year but yep. these big motels i laugh at every time i drive by them ha ha you lost out money this year mother you know i don't yeah. like that part yeah i gotta be honest with you i think if, if uh, i agree that I think everybody who who goes from a seventy nine dollar a night red roof bullshit in to a um, three hundred and seventy nine dollar a night uh, yeah. hotel room, I, I don't necessarily feel bad for those assholes. Uh, I get that they have to make their money in in those you know couple weeks, but fact of the matter is, um, you know that that's uh, if there was a hurricane coming and they did that, they would go to jail. So just because, uh, I mean, we could call – it's not a hurricane, but the vortex certainly comes in around that uh, that track, DW. And, and <laughs> yeah. for them to uh, – it should be illegal um, and all that. I, and it's a fine line, but I'm not worried about the Red Roof Inn, to be bluntly honest with you. But I am worried about the people who – who go to the race to specifically, um, you know, sell hot dogs? All the, all the, you know, the especially at Bristol, at Talladega is another one. Uh, Texas is one. You know, the, the people that work the food booths there. I mean, it's for the little leagues. It's for the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts. 
Uh, it's for, you know, charitable organizations. You know, they, they don't have enough people there to staff that thing, you know, for, for the track. There's good people trying to make money there to support uh, other, um, even ministries for, for Pete's sake. So for those people that weren't able to, you know, lost their livelihood and had to figure out something, because we sure know uh, so far our government certainly hasn't ha- helped um, the, the common person who, I lost her job because we shut this down. That, that's the biggest travesty in my eyes that has happened. Um, and then regular old fans, you know, losing out on the money. You know, they say, we well, didn't lose out on it. Yeah, well, a refund on that ticket sure would have helped in 2020. Uh, I mean, many people may not even have the, the funds to even travel and get there in 2021 or 22, whenever they can go to attend. So it, 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 it's definitely hard uh, in, in that uh, in that re- retrospect, but I-, I thought the action on the track was fantastic, Billy. Now we're going to have um, uh, uh, Matt Forty is going to be uh, is going to be on here uh, next week, and he's going to talk to us about loop data. And I can tell you, Billy Bradley, as just a, a little tidbit after talking with them, uh, there hasn't been uh, this 2020 was a top three season for um, green green flag passes and passes for the lead. So all those assholes out there that think this racing package sucks can go to hell because I'm going to prove it to them here in, a, in about a <laughs> week or so. I thought the, I thought the on-track action was very good, Billy. You know, we've been messing with these packages, but, you know, we fixed uh, Bristol. Bristol was fantastic. We still got a weird thing to do with Dover. I don't know what we're going to do with Dover or Richmond, but I thought the racing action was great, Billy, and I know you, you feel the same way. Uh, yeah, I agree with the same thing, you know, and like you said, we could go all the way back. Uh, Richmond really hasn't been the stellar the race it's been probably five to six years. The only reason it was really entertaining was it was a cutoff race. So yeah. I would, wouldn't even put Richmond in that category. There's something going on there that happened six, seven years. Well, I think it goes before that because before it was a cutoff race. I mean, yeah. you remember when, I mean, we all remember, um, uh, particularly probably Rob, when Dale Jr. was going there for the win, what, in like 2007? And um, and then uh, he got Kyle Bushed um, uh, 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 out of there, you know, on the last lap. You know, when that car tomorrow came, I think it I think it went downhill pretty far. But that race has been largely unwatchable. But we did do a, a lot to the package. And, and um, I, Billy, I think 2021 is going to be the most fun year yet for on-track action because you know those teams on the bottom, the, the bottom eight, ten teams, I mean, they ain't investing any money in these damn cars. Um, nope. Fire Motorsports is, is buying, you know, vehicles from um, Hendrick and Ganassi. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're getting what cars wherever they can get, and we're able to see some – some crazy shit happening on the track. I don't want to go to 2021 too fast, but uh, Rob, you guys after Daytona and, and you literally were, you know, 400 yards from a Daytona 500 victory, your entire season could have been heading down a, a, a wildly different path. You oh yeah. Had, uh, Ryan Newman back, it. And, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like when Ryan Newman came back, it doesn't seem like, um, I was a little disappointed in, in how the, the season unfolded for the sixth team. I'm not entirely sure it's – and from from a fan side looking in, it I don't know that it was 100% um, the driver. I don't think it was 100% anything. I think there was a – from an outsider looking in, and, Billy, I haven't talked to you about this either, but it just looked like – after that happened, things the puzzle just didn't go back together correctly. It wasn't terrible, and it wasn't good. And that's almost – it's a bad place to be. It's easier to fix if it's fucking broken. Um, uh, and, and so from a, from a competition standpoint, is there – I mean, can you describe how it is where it just – it just didn't seem to work out. And the, one of the reasons I say that is because Chris Busher, Billy Bradley's favorite driver, um, you know, he didn't light the world on fire either. So it seems like there's, there's, it just, for whatever reason, it didn't click. And, and I don't, was it the pandemic? What, can you put your finger on it yet? Or is that something to be determined? I, uh, I think that we got a little lackadaisical. And this is just my opinion. I think we got a little mm-hmm. lackadaisical with what we were doing as far as uh, car construction and research and development, and I think we took, I think we took the off-seat, and, and I've always said this, and I think there's a lot of people out there that will agree, 
that races are won and lost at the shop. Yeah. So I, I think moving into 2020 with us thinking, okay, this car is on its way out. We're not going to invest a lot in it. We're just going to, you know, we're going to take it as it comes. Well, that I think that right there put us behind the eight ball from Jump Street. And then we were playing catch up the rest of the year. And it was almost like uh, <laughs> it was almost like quicksand. It was like the more we moved, the more we the more we struggled, the worse things got. Yeah. And it, it we just we dug ourselves too deep a hole to get out of, and we were treading water at best. And while we were doing that, we were trying to, you know, and we were trying to evaluate Ryan too. I mean, where was he? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, for the first, you got to be honest. And anybody that disagrees with that has never had to deal with a situation. Unfortunately, you know, <laughs> I've had to deal with it more than once. Yeah. That when you get a driver that that deals with a wreck like that or is severely injured, mm-hmm. and has to get and gets back in the car, you know, you got to figure out because sometimes when that happens, the feel that driver's feel changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like he. All of a sudden, what he likes in that car, he don't like anymore. Yeah. And the feel he used to like, he's not so fond of anymore. And you got to evaluate that. Yeah, and that was where I was going to go with my. I wasn't really going to assess, the, you know, the six team until maybe next year to see how they do because, you know, you got to put yourself in that shoes like. His life pretty much flashed before. I mean, that's Dana. We even texted back and forth. He's gone, man. I mean, yeah. it didn't look good. Like, yeah. So, I mean, how much did the driver hold that car back? That, that you know, I, uh, this is a little eerie feeling here. Uh, I'm back her down just a little bit. So, well, yeah. one thing I can tell you. Be said there. I went through uh, in my mind. I went through all the 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 the. The regular drivers that have relief drivers, Dale Jr. had a relief driver, um, yeah. and and it seems like every time a relief driver gets in the car, it fucks up the system that was already there. And then to yeah. stop the wheel to get back to a relief, uh, you know, the regular driver coming in who needs some time under the damn wheel to get going, it's it's because you got to change the seats. You know, the interior has got to be different. The the terminology between the crew chief and everybody is, is different. It's, all that change, kind of it's changing back. Yeah, you're changing back. Yes, and, and to do that is one of the most difficult things in sports. It's not like you can – I mean, w- listen, we, we just saw RG3 against Baltimore try to try to play a game against Kentucky. The linemen <laughs> had no idea the, the snaps, counts. They had days of practice ahead of time. and they I mean, they were just off because their guy wasn't, you know, behind the wheel, so to speak. Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't, you know, taking the ball from center, and that is the biggest piece of the entire puzzle. And then when you lose that, even when you get them back, you can look at, I mean, we can just take Dale Jr., for instance. Even when he comes back, you know, having to deal with a with a different driver and you got to completely change your mindset. And these things are, this is a game of centimeters. This isn't a game of yards. This ain't even a game of feet. This is a game of yeah. centimeters. And I think it's one of the more difficult things um, uh, uh, for, for a team to do. And, and I can tell you this, when, um, when we go back into and, – and, 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 Rob, when you said the quicksand, I, I think what helped teams this year more than any is the teams that, that started the year good stayed good all year. The teams yeah. that started the year in a hole never could make that up because, hey, you didn't have practice. And Kyle Busch bitched about that all year, but practice is a pretty important thing when, when to you're some, to some guy. To yeah, some to guys, some it guy. means a lot. Sure, and and I and, and I'm gonna tell you this: Dale Jr. needed practice for Christ's sakes. Uh, you, if you watch practice times with Dale Jr., you'd, you'd lose your damn lunch. And well, but we just all knew that um, that he would, he would practice like shit. He would he would qualify like shit. He would start like shit, and halfway through the race, he'd be right there at the top ten. You're going to want to look. I mean, we come to it to expect that, and and I think that that the teams that got put in the hole just didn't have enough time. I mean, when you can go into the shop and you got to split up into crews and you got to do it completely, you don't have everybody there. You know, 
there, one shift is doing one thing, another. It's just it's completely difficult, and and I'm I'm very much looking forward to 2021 on a bunch of different fronts, and and, and Ryan Newman is certainly one of them. But we are really, we have basically spent uh, probably I'm going to say we have spent a solid month in our little text group with Jimmy Wags on how the hell Bubba Wallace is going to do next year in a Toyota <laughs> with Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan as the owner, and that is the one. As for 2021, that right there is the biggest thing I am excited to watch, Billy. We are going to find out in 2021 if Bubba Wallace is full of shit or if Bubba Wallace knows exactly what he's talking about. But I don't think that's going to be fair. And even telling Wags, like, that's, that's not going to be a real fair to look at. As much as I'm taking that easy $100 bill he betted me, I really don't think they're going to put much into this season because it's just for a year. A Brandon team starting out, I really don't think the investment is going to fully be there this year. There's just – it's got to be a big startup cost. I know Toyota and JGR are going to help out where needed, but I really don't see them putting a whole lot of money into this first year. Now, next year – he might break out and win a race. Yeah, I agree with you, Billy. The hardest thing to do, and listen, we've seen we've seen that Toyota team, you know, come and go, and they don't ever do anything in their first year together. It's just it's just it's just too damn difficult. Uh, and how? One more thing. How if this team is all of a sudden all out of the box successful? How long do you think Toyota is going to let that happen? Look what well, they I, did to. They shut it down because he was kicking their ass in Toyota equipment. And JGR said, no, this can't happen. What Toyota do? Go ahead, I I think it's a little – and I'm not trying to throw water or cold water on you, Billy, but I think that situation isn't all Toyota because what you have to remember is Joe Gibbs is basically the flagship Toyota team. Are there other Toyotas out there? But they are – the Toyota flagship. Toyota now, is there because of JGR. Yes, and they and yes, JGR was a successful organization before Toyota, and Toyota has got has got their back a hundred percent. With that said, everything else has been a, for lack of a better term, a customer, an alliance. Yeah. You know, Furniture Row out there in Colorado, uh, the '95 there in Harrisburg. You know, they were customers. They were affiliates or associates or, or however you want to term it. Yeah. What you're looking at now is an active driver, a successful driver at JGR that is yeah. now part owner of a team. Basically, I would look at that as that is a fifth Joe Gibbs Racing race team. I think we all do. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, let, I'm being, I'm, I'm trying to be real about it, yeah. but that that deal there, I wouldn't look at it as a. Uh, well, you know, they're just they're they're not going to listen. They're going to be getting the same stuff that they're getting in Harrisburg that they're getting in Huntersville. Yeah, you better believe it. Yeah, because well, nobody wants that deal to fail. And you know what's funny, Rob? In 2003, uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan aren't aren't together on this thing because there was 43 cars and we were sending home three or four cars every damn week um in 2020 you know 37 cars we we had several races where there was 37 38 cars uh, 40 yeah. is now the max you can have so and I, I there's barely 40 showing up at the racetrack so there's barely 40 time. showing up at the racetrack nobody's going home um you know that hasn't been a thing you know daytona 500 there's usually you know, one or two maybe that that is in there vying for a race, but largely, I, so, I mean, they they need to have another good car in there if they can yeah. somewhat substantiate it on paperwork, and nobody nobody gets you know too outlandish, and they're going to let that go. I mean, I, let's talk about some of our favorite moments of the year, and I think um, uh, for my favorite moment of the year, which I, I, is going to be hard to beat. Uh, but, you know, at Talladega, everybody standing up behind Bubba Wallace was an absolute iconic moment. Um, yes. It's one of the, the, the top five things that's ever happened in this sport. I think the Black Lives Matter organization is a fraud, full of shit, terrible organization. They don't do anything to promote uh, the safety of black lives or anything like that. However, 
uh, Bubba Wallace's life, absolutely from a personal level, uh, Bubba Wallace's life certainly matters. And minorities in this country have have taken a a literal and figurative beating. And, and to see everybody in that garage say, "Hey, this is one of us. There's no color here. We're all we're all brothers." I thought that was a, probably a, a top five NASCAR moment in in history. Um, and I and I think we can we can all agree that that's that's going to be number one. Uh, I remember Rob coming on the show and 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 literally speaking with pride about how everybody in that garage reacted. It wasn't even like it was a question. It was like, uh, I mean, everybody just said, no, fuck no, we're doing this. And I think that sent a message to the world. Um, and, and it really set the tone for, you know, the how the sports world, you know, dealt with, with all that stuff that went on, you know, this past year. And I, I think it's by and far the, the best thing. I would have to say Ryan Newman uh, not only surviving, but to be able to walk out of the hospital in his damn socks, I still don't understand that. But walk out of the <laughs> hospital in his socks, uh, you know, with, his, uh, with a with a daughter in each hand. I mean, I, you get goosebumps seeing about that. And, and now we get down to you know some nitty gritty things and, and that kind of stuff. And and I gotta be honest with you, um, to see Kurt Busch get a victory and and to see the smile on that guy's face and to see where he has come from where he started as a little pompous prick. So now where he's just absolutely appreciative and he's still the same person, he just doesn't ruffle as many feathers as he does it. Uh, to me, that was a, a great, great, uh, great story. I was, I was glad to see it happen. And, um, uh, and I'm glad he's going to be around for another year. Billy, what about you, bud? What was, what was some of your uh, favorite moments of the year? Well, one of them, I, you know, the course of Bubba Wallace and the Ryan Newman situation, but one of the best moments on my, me personally, was me walking into the grandstands at Bristol and setting my ass in the in the seats for an all-star race. I thought yeah. that was was just awesome. thought I'd never see an all-star race there. Not only that, I got to attend it. Yep. So that was, and it was a good race, and and I know you the the real reason why you were happy there because you got to see those lights under the car, right? That's your real reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought yeah. we were going to go save that for the the idiotic thing. <laughs> That's number one on the idiotic list, uh, Rob. I know uh, I've probably taken your two your two best moments. You may not even have any more just because of how big those were to you personally. But is there anything that stuck out other than uh, than those things there for you on this season? Um, no, uh, well, I will, I will say that obviously Daytona was a huge, a a roller coaster for lack of a better term and, and having Ryan get back in the car and to just a, a little sidebar on that, Ryan spoke to the company not long ago and basically told us, listen, guys. I could have said I'm done racing and I don't want to be in this race car in February, March. Yeah. And he didn't. And he's yeah. committed to driving that race car and he's committed to helping this company get better. Mm. And he challenged us all to join him in making a company better and making our cars better and being, you know, having more on track success. Yeah. So like I, so that all kind of goes together. That man could have easily just said, hey, you know, I'm done. Rob, that makes me want to do wind sprints in the front yard. That, that's, <laughs> that's cool to hear. <laughs> um, and, I, and Talladega, obviously, I mean, it was a very emotional moment. Uh, very uh, – it, it, was, it was very different. I think the premise behind it and the, the feelings behind it were genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was cool to be a part of. Yeah. Um, other than, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was weird. It was really weird for. It was great to go back racing. Yeah. You know, it was really great to go back racing. Uh, racing Darlington at different times. Racing Charlotte. You know, with the, you know, different, you know, midweek shows. They were kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I hated not. Some of the tracks we didn't visit this year, I hated not going to. Um, yep. Chicago, yeah. uh, Sonoma, Watkins Glen, and, yeah. and now we're not going to Chicago anymore, Yeah, which is a huge bummer because I'm a big fan of the pizza and some of the sandwiches up there. So I'm really <laughs> kind of bummed out about that. The whole culinary end of it has just really got me shook up, but I'll get over it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a season that I think everybody will remember 
that paid any attention to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it's there. Hopefully there's no, I, I'd like to say this the right way, but hopefully we don't have to, we never experience anything like it again. Yeah. A- a- amen. Um, Billy biggest travesties for 2020 uh, is I've got two right off the bat that I, that, um, at the, the first one I think is when NASCAR called the FBI in to investigate yep, that a was a goddamn one. noose at, at Talladega that was obvious to everybody involved, even uh, bystanders in that fucking garage, that that not, was not directed towards Bubba Wallace at any point in time. I think yep. it's absolute bullshit. It kind of goes to where these these asinine people want to bring critical race theory into the forefront, and it was absolutely the worst fucking call NASCAR has ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, um, can, I, said, can I add something to that, Dan? Yeah. I, just to throw some perspective on this, mm-hmm. about one of, one of the finest moments, that 43 cars in a different garage, none of that happened. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, that, that, that's true. That, that's true. Nobody gets behind no, Bubba no, Wallace. No, nobody up. gets behind Bubba Wallace and pushes his car to the front of the field. None of that happened. Yep. Here's my if problem. That car is in a different garage stall. Here, here's my problem with it is that everybody was out for blood at that day and time and, and that time in, in, in 2020. What if a bunch yeah. of Wood Brother guys were at a gas station and a bunch of people walked up and the news story said that the Wood Brothers uh, had it last year or, or, or whomever put, put a noose in his garage stall and they got their ass kicked or shot? I mean, Antifa rolls up in there and does something. That's the kind of shit that gets people hurt. So although yeah. it did produce what I said was the one of the top two best things, it was completely unnecessary to call the goddamn FBI for something that stupid. It's pandering, and it's, and it's not needed, and I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I didn't need NASCAR to stand up behind Bubba Wallace because I never thought anybody didn't. Uh, what I didn't need was NASCAR to say that uh, – um, there was racism directed to Bubba Wallace and then put a press release out saying that they got the FBI to investigate just to show how uh, that is white fragility. I don't like it. There's no, no place in, in anything that we have as a society and especially not in sports. Um, the second thing that I thought was a damn travesty is Jimmy Johnson, uh, the, the best race car driver to ever live in my opinion. I think he he did more with when 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 rules and restrictions and and cheating was harder than ever than any other driver before him. And I'm not taking he's at least in the top three, and nobody can deny that that Jimmy Johnson is not one of the top three drivers to ever race. And he didn't get a farewell because of COVID. And not only that, he got a positive test, which we now know. Uh, who knows if it was a true positive or if it was a false positive? But he had to miss a race. It's not the reason necessarily why he didn't make the playoffs, but it certainly didn't help that he only got to do, you know, 25 races instead of 26. But I think it's a, a huge travesty that one of the top three drivers in NASCAR history didn't get a farewell send-off. And, that's, that, and hell, I don't even like Jimmy Johnson. I'm not even a fan of Jimmy Johnson. I thought it was absolutely um, just, a, just a bad thing for the sport. Everybody should have been able to celebrate – you know, what he did, and he's a first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer. If somebody says he doesn't deserve uh, to be a Hall of Famer, uh, they should take their vote away from him. But um, I, that, that's, that was just terrible. It's the time we have to live by. We all had to do that. My daughter didn't get to graduate college at 19 years old. Uh, I mean, everybody had to go through things. But as we're talking about the sport, I think that was a tough thing. Billy, you got anything you want to add to uh, uh, the travesties in 2020? No, you know, I would say that was a big one. And then, you know, the Ryan Newman accident was big, but turned out great for the sport, you know, long run. And those idiotic locks we put under the cars for the all-star race. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, even if we did it by manufacturers, I think that's, I mean, we're at a a race. We're not at a – Truck, mini truck show down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So I'm yeah. running a race. It's not involved. <laughs> uh, Rob, I know you were just happy to get the race season on, and uh, we've already talked about Ryan Newman. But is there anything that uh, um, that that stuck out to you is just is just not good at all besides the thing we talked about? Um, not good at all. 
I mean, you had – I mean, every weekend was different, and travel I, – I would imagine travel was probably the – I, probably the most difficult thing to traverse through in your career, I would imagine. Just just because of the the new protocols and and yeah. rules and that made it was more. And, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to discount anything, but it was more of a nuisance than anything else. Especially, sure. I, I mean, it was everybody was nervous about everything because we didn't know. Yeah. You know, because we were all told that this is the worst thing that happened since the Spanish flu and the Black Plague. Yeah. yeah. And we everybody was nervous about everything. Yeah, we're going right. Well, how the hell do we do this safely? Yeah, how are we going to do this safely? And as time marched on, we learned that, hey, you know what? Okay, it's not the Black Plague. You're not going to die if you catch it. You know, yeah. there's a – the survival rate is amazing. And, yeah. okay, you're going to get sick, and it might be a little bit worse than the flu. and. Yeah. You know, there was a lot going on there, and yeah. I think in the early stages of it, I think the panic that was the, – the the panic that happened because of the lack of knowledge or yeah. the – by the general population is what made things that much more difficult. Yeah. Um, from a work standpoint, travel standpoint, it, the travel was the same. You know, we still went to all these races. We flew to the races that we needed to, and uh, – it was just different. It was a different schedule. We weren't there the entire weekend. We were in and out. Um, yeah. you, you know, no practice, no qualifying, no people in the garages, at, no matter where we were, which yeah. was kind of odd. Yeah. I, and it, it, yeah, it was definitely weird. And, and I mean no disrespect to people that get the garage passes and the garage tours that love to see us, and we appreciate it. We can't wait to have you back. I will say – just to be perfectly honest, it was really nice having just team guys in there, yeah. team guys and gals, team members, yeah. because it made working easier. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not being disrespectful or hateful toward anybody. Oh, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, you don't have boy, to Boy, did that make a difference as far as the way we move and we're able to do things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember seeing you on, on pit road at Texas before a, a cup race, and it's just like, I mean, that was 15 people deep at the uh, at the 88 stall for Christ's sakes, and the yeah. poor guy's just trying to glue fucking lug nuts on, and he's got feet all the way around him, and and, and 200 people staring at him. That's uh, it's just hard to. Hey, Rob, pass me the fucking glue. Well, damn, yeah. I mean, it's just it just. I mean, it's, it's I mean, uh, pass yeah, pass the glue. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I gotta say. Um, like I said, I think the season was a rousing success, and I don't think anybody would would say different, except for the same people who uh, hate to see rainbows and and kittens and and puppies. There's always going to be those people that said the racing was terrible, it was unwatchable, blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is, at a time where we didn't have anything positive to look forward to in this country. Anytime he turned on the TV, it was depressing as hell. People were getting yeah. beaten up, shot, all kind of crazy shit going on. Uh, the, the NASCAR stepped up. They did week races. They did everything they could to put some entertainment out there and conti- continue the sport. And, and I, in 2020, I think most people, not just NASCAR fans, but I think most people would look back and say NASCAR was a shining star in a sea of dog shit. It was a shining star, and and it was one of the few things that, I mean, Billy, I remember getting excited to watch a stupid eye race, and uh, that lasted <laughs> oh, damn, about thirty seconds. That. Yeah, I, that lasted all of about thirty seconds. And I was like, well, this yeah. is dumb as shit. But but I, but everybody, myself included, tuned in to watch it because we had nothing else, and at least we could be a part of something. And and is I think NASCAR absolutely, if if they were getting the presidential. Um, um, uh, a light award or whatever it's called. Uh, I, I think that I think NASCAR. I would nominate NASCAR for it, and and everybody listens to this show knows I wouldn't nominate NASCAR for much in a positive light. But I I I, I literally have to take my hat off the entire industry for for how it how it played out. I sent you guys a picture while we were talking on here. I forgot this, but preseason I actually picked 
the nine to win the championship, and then I changed my fucking mind to the 11. Um, And I I completely (laughs) forgot. Charles Doty reminded me on it, but we got to talk about Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott goes out there, wins the championship. He was a a kitten punching a puppy dog in the face uh, um, for the last four years. In 2020, uh, he grew into a man. And not only did he grow into a man, he did it Chase Elliott's way, which is he didn't do it Bill Elliott's way. He didn't do it anybody else's way. He did it Chase Elliott's way. And I, I got to tell you guys, I'm real impressed with that young man, what he's done. And I think this is only the tip of the spear, boys. This is He's going to be a force to reckon with, and he's going to the championship's going to have to go through him one way or the other, in my opinion. Billy, um, are, were you impressed with Chase Elliott? I mean, I, it, did you did you see this happening? How, how do you how do you what are your thoughts on Chase Elliott getting his first championship? Well, my thoughts are going to go all the way back to Mr. Hendrick on being a. I mean, I, I've never liked the guy till when even when Junior first come over, I never bought the first eighty eight thing that had Hendrick on it. I would go all around looking for shit that wouldn't have Hendrick Motorsports on it. They were the evil empire to me, even yep. when my driver went to them. So yep. here's what happened. Rick Hendrick put Chad Canal in charge of competition. Is that correct? Yes. yes. That's what he is now, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, even he, this starting this 2021 season, yep. the nine car went into Phoenix, Arizona, and failed everything it could on the damn – radar for going into inspection. Yep. Yeah. Chad Canal says if I can put one obvious thing on the car and they find it, there's twelve other things under there that they're not looking at. Yep. That car was so cheated up it wasn't even funny at <laughs> Well, Congratulations. I'm not mad about that. I wish they would have done it for Dale Junior a few years ago to get him a win. I don't know if it was cheated up, but I can tell you this, Billy Bradley, to see that car fail inspection so many times, start at the rear, and then win that race on that course with with Kevin Harvick in the field and Denny yeah. Hamlin in the field, uh, he, he, he he got it. And if it took a cheated up, <laughs> if, if, if they got one, two things, but they left uh, uh, 10 or 11 other things in there, more power exactly. to them. I, I think it's a, just a testament, though, of – you know, um, our good buddy Lance fucking McGrew uh, was was crew chiefing for him uh, uh, for for Chase Elliott when he was running up through you know the the lower series ranks down there getting wins and and I was like, damn, this Chase Elliott kid. He if he didn't have Lance McGrew as his damn crew chief, he'd probably already be in Cup for Christ's sakes. But I, you know, we've heard about Chase Elliott for a long time, and not only did he come through, and a lot of times you, you see these guys come up and they're like the next big. I mean, how many next big things can you name off the top of your head, Billy? Uh, everybody that Richard Petty and, and Kyle Petty put in that 43 car over there was the next big thing. Um, and and it, it, but Chase Elliott uh, came out to be the next best thing, and he's going to be the best thing um, yes. for a while. We got a lot of older guys up in. Uh, we got, you know, Kevin Harvick. History shows that by the time you hit 43, you go straight to hell. Uh, Kevin, all Kevin Harvick do is come out here and win what? Ten races, Billy? Yeah. Uh, and then most- uh, not have a chance to come into Phoenix, and we all said Kevin Harvick would go into that race. And- yep. Yeah. I got to tell you, Kevin Harvick defying defying the odds. He's he, not only is he a, a, a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he impressed the hell out of me with with what he did this year. And I mean, I, and Rob told me all year I was crazy, and I'm just waiting for for I mean, for two years I've been waiting for Kevin Harvick to to go south, and I, I think he's getting better, and that's that's remarkable. That's that's absolutely that's scary. crazy. It's scary, and uh, we saw Clint Boyer. He's he's retired now and going to go in the booth. I hate that we're not going to see Clint Boyer uh, on the track, but. Uh, Billy, he's still going to be involved in the sport. He's great for the sport. Um, and I, I, I just when – I, when I think about Clint Boyer, uh, I, I like I like pre-married Clint Boyer a little bit be- better. Not that I'm upset at his wife or the fact he's got a happy family and all that kind of stuff. But there was no greater time to be a Clint Boyer fan than when he was footloose and fancy-free running around everywhere like a crazy man. 
Um, that was uh, some good times, and it, it's it's sad to see him get out of the car. But what's that? I'm just laughing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I was like uh, the hashtag hotter than a Clint Boyer girlfriend. I, I probably typed that. If I typed uh, hotter than in my phone, Clint Boyer girlfriend would come up immediately as, as autocorrect uh, as, a, as a suggestion. But uh, <laughs> a lot of good things in 2020 are coming to an end. A lot of new beginnings in 2020 uh, have started as well. And all in all, I got to say it was a successful year, and it's not even close in my opinion. Uh, and it, there's probably never been – a more historic or or newsworthy when historians go back 20 years and look at the history of NASCAR if they don't circle 2020 as uh, uh, you know 2001 uh, 2020 have got to be uh, in the mix for for most for craziest NASCAR years of all time and 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 I don't think it's any any question I I, I just you know as we as we wrap this thing up and we kind of move forward and, and talk about what's going on. I think the, the one thing that, that really – I get feedback all the time from people who, who listen to this show, and I, and I can tell you one thing. Uh, hey, we're not wrapping this shit up till I tell, we bring up this Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens situation. That I told Billy, you I, go ahead, Billy. Let, let's get this over with. Let's, let's go, go ahead, Billy. What, what, what do we need to clear up? I may have been a few months off, weeks off, but y'all told me it was stupid. It would not happen. That's not true. I don't recall that coming out of anybody's mouth. Uh, Here's Uh, what I recall. Billy Bradley said, mark my words, by the end of the season, by the end of the season, Kyle Busch, uh, or before the end of the season, Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens are going to be broken up. And I said, there's no fucking way. And Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens were together at the Phoenix race. They were. All season long. They made it all season long. (laughs) What do you want kudos for? It's not hard to figure out that they sucked this year and they had to make a change. But did they they jump the gun? Like, Kyle Busch didn't have a stellar season because of practice. Why, I think that's safe to say. Billy, here's – okay, so that, that's that, that's a good point. I personally believe Kyle Bush is better when he runs all three races on a weekend. Exactly. Uh, when he runs the truck, when he runs the Xfinity, and when he runs the cup car, he, you better put your money on him to win two out of those three races, and you know he's going to win the truck race. Um so he, the, the more practice that guy gets, the more he drives on a track, uh, the better he does in results. And I think we clearly – and, and to be honest with you, probably in the top five biggest surprises of the season, once you get past, you know, Daytona and, and, and the Bubba Wallace thing and all that, Kyle Busch not winning a race until the very end, until he, until he wasn't chase eligible, uh, yeah. was – I mean that was crazy. I mean, I, there's, yeah. I would have bet my house on it that he would have been he would have been in the playoffs. I think you would have too, Billy. Um, and that oh, part no. was absolutely crazy. So, are you saying, Billy, that you think that Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens getting broken up now is too early? Yeah, I think so. I think you know you're gonna have to. Like, I don't know. I don't know really what the right like. I don't know why they would have jumped. I mean, he just came off of a championship season. Yeah. I know we say the Jimmy and Chad, if that if they can break up, anybody can break up. But how can you separate those two after the season they had without even practice? Like it's just obvious as a fan that that Kyle Busch as a driver needs practice. He needs to that seat time. Here's one thing I can tell you: if Kyle Busch starts off like shit in 2021, he's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be pissed, and he's gonna and, and he's gonna look like shit. And the fact that he's he's mad that he doesn't have Adam Stevens, and he's trying to learn a new learn a new crew chief and struggling. I, I guarantee you, twenty twenty one will be worse for him than twenty twenty. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said there. Yeah. So I and but and I don't I don't disagree with what you said, Billy. But as a guy who um who who loves change for a reason, not change for craziness, I can see where where Joe Gibbs Racing would say, hey, we got plenty of good crew chiefs here. Let's bust this thing up and see how it goes. We're here to win championships. 
you know, maybe this ride is over, that sort of thing. I, I don't know um, – <laughs> I don't know that it was a good move or a bad move. But what I can tell you is I'm in favor of moves. And and, and if this if this if if Kyle, I don't think Kyle Busch would go for it if he didn't think it was the right thing. But the other thing that I I know wouldn't happen, this would not happen if Joe Gibbs didn't think that this was a good thing. So it's it's very telling because I don't. I mean, here's the thing. After six races of Lance McGrew being the crew chief, it was obvious they didn't get along and that they weren't on the same page and this wasn't going to work and we had to suffer through as long as we suffered through it. Um, It's odd because Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens get along. They know each other. And I I do believe you, Billy. This is probably a practice thing. It's probably, you know, Kyle Busch not getting enough laps. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting, and it's going to be one of the top storylines as we move to, to 2021. Um, I think I think um, Bubba Wallace, well, not necessarily Bubba Wallace. The fact that Michael Jordan is an owner and has a car on the track is going to be the biggest story going into the season. Let, I, let me ask you a question about yeah. that situation. Do you do you think Michael Jordan will? How many races do you think he attends other than Daytona 500? Billy, let me put it to you like this. If there was no COVID restrictions, I think Michael Jordan goes to less than five races in the entire year with no COVID restrictions. That's what I would say. With COVID restrictions, I'm not sure he would go to any races. I don't think Michael Jordan is in this because he fucking wants to be at the track every day all day long. Hey, listen, Randy Moss, say what you want to about Randy Moss. He went to truck races. I've yep. seen it the this is true. What's that? This he's is true. TV showed yeah. him several times on the pit box. Yeah. yeah. He said, I mean, he went – he was somewhat involved in it. I don't think Michael Jordan is ever going to sit on a pit box, number one. He'd probably have a hard time getting up and down that ladder and sitting his damn head on there without – I mean, those things aren't meant for six-foot-six uh, dudes, uh, I don't think. But, um, but, but I just – I don't see him being a huge part of the organization or the sport. What I think he'll do is what he does best, put his face out there put his name out there, do a commercial here and there. Uh, there uh, uh, the marketing is going to be out of this world. Um, yeah. you know, when's the last Sorry, time you saw Michael Jordan do a Nike commercial? 1994? 1996? And the Jordan brand is still the biggest brand of tennis shoes of all time. Uh, uh, I agree, and I feel the same way, I, and I just wanted your opinion on it because I think the same way. That like, I think the friendship with Denny helped build this team and I think it's a the Jordan brand is is just there to because it can be because it can be and and listen Billy the fact of the matter is um and we we I talked about it all year long the fact that Bubba Wallace is getting attention in 2020 is criminal Bubba Wallace should have got this attention five years ago um, yep. there was nothing wrong if you can't market a young African American man who who is charismatic. Um, <laughs> now I think he's a jerk a lot of the times, but but hell, he's charismatic. He's funny. He, he's he's good looking. He's talented. If you couldn't have built a program around a racing program around him five years ago, and to do it now is is almost criminal because he he had earned it five years ago. He earned a good chance five years ago and he kind of fucked it up a little bit but now everybody's trying to to be a part of him i think jordan looked at it as hey uh michael jordan is not a big you know social justice guy or anything like that but i I think two things happened uh one michael jordan probably lost a bet to denny hamlin on the golf course to be going to partners with him that's probably 90 percent true but i think the other thing is michael jordan said hey Denny Hamlin's probably been talking to him forever to start this, and he probably realized, hey, this is a good opportunity to do something good, to, to, to get something out there, to get started. Let's see how this goes. I'm going to dip my toe in the water, and that's about yeah. it. And that's what I expect from him. And to be quite frankly, I think that's all we need from Michael Jordan. I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. I mean, he's the biggest, the biggest name on the planet uh, still, um, uh, uh, and, and, and he's very recognizable, and it's great for the sport. But I don't, I don't see him going to one race, even the Daytona 500. To be, to be bluntly honest with you, I just, I just don't see it happening. But I, I think to, to, to piggyback and get back to where we were, I think Bubba Wallace is the, the biggest story going into 2021, and then I think, um, 
um, who the hell we just talked about? Uh, shit. Uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens. That, that has to be the, the number two. And if it wasn't for Michael Jordan coming into sport, Kyle Busch and a new crew chief, um, I mean, a two-time champion, um, and only winning one, one race the, the year after a championship, it's a huge story. And, and it's going to get a lot of attention. And that team's going to be under a microscope. And if they start out bad, it's going to be bad. It's not like 2020 bad. It's going to be worse. <laughs> He's going to wish 2020 bad was there because at least it'll be familiar. You know, when he and Adam Stevens weren't, weren't clicking, at least it was somebody he could talk to and not worry about, you know, feelings and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. That's going out the window in, in 2021. Rob knows exactly how difficult it is to get a, a new guy to helm and, and, and to work through all those pains and that kind of stuff. And you know how you do those veins, Billy? And you said it. You do it by putting laps together underneath uh, uh, on the track. And that's going to be hard to do with a new crew chief. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm just about out of steam uh, for this thing here. But I, I just, we covered a lot of ground. Today. I think we're okay. We covered a lot of ground. I think we're okay. <laughs> we uh, I just like to say to everybody who listens to the show and gives me feedback, uh, I appreciate it very much. And, and I and I gotta be, I gotta tell you, uh, of all the people, uh, um, if you want to categorize people, I, I have to say NASCAR fans are some of the best people on the on the planet. Always extending a helping hand, always doing a kind thing. You know, I, I get uh, every week. I've gotten you know uh, uh, tips on what we're going to do for the good of the community, and, and and people really like that. And I mean, a listener uh, even uh, she suggested it to us for Pete's sake. And I, I just being a part of this community um, has been just a, an absolute light um, in, in in my life, and 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 then uh, uh, it's made NASCAR so much more fun billy and it was already fun before we even did did a podcast but the interaction yeah. with, with other fans um and uh and uh, even yeah, the definitely. debate i mean nascar fans it's, love to debate against each other because it's 40 it's it's you know your driver against 39 others or whatever yeah, and I just, no, it is a team but there's 40 of those different teams yeah. uh, and if you go to a nascar race and camp for a weekend and you don't meet a new friend, it's your own damn fault. Billy, if you go to a NASCAR yeah. race and you need something, you're an asshole because everybody will bend over backwards to get you whatever. You yeah. could give me a list of shit uh, to go find in a, in a NASCAR infield, and I guarantee I will get Five everything on that list in an hour. Yeah, guarantee it. We ought to try that one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we then they're like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, scavenger hunt. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. I had a, a school superintendent that I hosted at Sloppy Yellow that is a friend of mine. A school superintendent come down, and uh, <laughs> he took his two sons uh, for a walk around the Texas Motor Speedway infield, and he came back in a fucking grass skirt and coconut uh, coconut bra, uh, coconut wow. shell bra. And I was like, what the hell happened to you? He goes, man, I don't know. I was looking for a beer, and I said, hey, man, can I buy a couple beers from you? I'm here with my boys. He said, no, you can't buy anything, bud, but you can have all you want in that cooler. He said, next thing you know, we were doing shots, and I had a grass skirt on and, and, this, wow. and this bra. And I was like, well, uh, welcome to NASCAR, my friend. I mean, if you if you want something and you, or you need something and you and you don't have it at the NASCAR track, it just is an impossibility. Um, and it's a, I, I have to say, I, I, again, uh, for all the fans uh, that, that not only just listen to the show but, but watch the sport, uh, we're, we're NASCAR is better off uh, for for having us and having the fans in it because it's man we're we're a, we're a group that likes to fight with each other and all kind of stuff but at the end of the day we're going to go to battle too and yeah we're side by side and that's what it's Definitely. all about being able to um, to talk through differences and still love each other at the end no matter that fucking Kevin Harvick won ten damn races or um, uh, uh, or not. You know, I think it's all it's all good. And at the end of the day, we want everybody to be healthy. We want every driver to get out of that car and be safe. Ryan Newman proved that to us again. And um, um, and, and Bubba Wallace at Talladega showed uh, not only what we all knew, but showed the world that th- this ain't this ain't your great great grandfather's NASCAR. And then, I'm glad you mentioned that dumb motherfucker Kevin Harvick. Mark Missouri's going <laughs> to like this right here. Wow. You remember that comment, and it still sticks to me this day. What that what that driver said about how can a leader, a most popular driver, live a sport not never be a champion? We're yeah. going to see what his words 
something to grow some NASCAR with Chase Elliott. You know, it's still not going to – I don't think Chase Elliott winning the championship and being most popular driver is going to bring tons of new fans in. I think Chase Elliott, whether he's a champion or not, is going to bring those fans in. Yeah, that was a, a dumb comment, and uh, uh, it's still it's still not the worst thing Kevin Harvick's done to me. Everybody knows what the uh, uh, what the worst thing Kevin Harvick's done uh, to Dado, for Christ's sakes. Um, uh, and and he'll, he'll never live that shit down. But would I vote for him to be uh, a, a Hall of Famer? No Absolutely. question. No question. That son of a bitch is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's going to go into the Hall of Fame, and and we're going to get to see him in another year. Who knows what's going to happen after 2021? Listen, we need to be reflective, and we need to be thankful for the year that we had in 2020, and I couldn't be even more hopeful for 2021. Um, Billy Bradley, you got any parting shots you'd like to say before we hang up, bud? No, just everyone stay safe. You know, they're shutting our school systems down here in Virginia. Imagine that with our lovely governor we have. <laughs> but they're going to shut the school systems down and open up some day camps for school kids. I mean, same thing in my way of thinking. You're going sure to have, sounds smart. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so it just I don't, I'm not saying this virus is not real. A lot of people are losing their lives over it. But, yeah. you know, we're... We've got to be smart. I couldn't say it better. Be smart, everybody. Rob Lowe, what you got for us, pal? I I would just like to back up Billy's sentiments. I mean, everybody needs to be smart and be safe. And, you know, let's let's get all this behind us and get moving forward into a better 2021 for everybody. Amen. Fact of the matter is we can all be uh, safe, we can all be respectful, and we can all live our lives if we just choose to. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with being yep. safe and, and respectful. There's also nothing wrong with living our lives. And i got to say, um, 2020 has been one of those years. I, I'm probably more thankful on this Thanksgiving, Billy Bradley, than I have in a very long time. Even a year where my father passed away, 2020 made me realize just how fucking good we have it. Um, and we, I could choose to look yeah. at the shittier sides of everything, but the fact of the matter is every day is a fucking gift. And if you don't yeah. take advantage of it, you're only losing out for yourself because everybody else is. I'm certainly going to take advantage of it. I know Billy Bradley does because he, I mean, shit, if he doesn't get to go spend 2,810 hours in the damn woods and for, <laughs> for four months, I mean, I don't know right. what the hell he would do. So um, I think what we should do on this note is everybody be respectful of others, be safe with yourself and for others, live your damn life, have a good one for Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley. Boys, let's head around. To, the only race we got right now is the race to Christmas, and I think uh, right. I think Santa Claus is going to win. For Bob yeah, Logan, Billy Bradley. Quarantine himself for about- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Y'all have a safe and happy holidays, fellas. See you All guys. Right, me too. See ya. Bye.